0: Welcome to The Open House Podcast. This podcast is about conversations that we have in the gym. Everything from training methods, technique, massage, and other odd topics that come up. So, subscribe, leave a review, and uh, thanks for listening. Today, we got George and Tyree. What's up, guys?
1: Hey, what's up?
0: How you doing, guys? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. You know, I am uh, I think i am recovered from... Uh, my short little hike out there at the, uh, on the App Trail. I went out there last weekend, and uh, you know what? I, I think I can relate uh, just a little bit, uh, a little bit more to you, uh, to y'all's ruck runs and all that stuff. Because uh, I went out there with a few, um, a few other guys, and a couple of them were in um, active duty, so they go on ruck runs all the time. And man, they left me in the dust. <laughs> <laughs> like I was way back there and they just like were way ahead. And I was like, "Fuck, these guys are fast.
1: Yeah, it's, it's <laughs> funny because I was talking to Raina about you going on that trail. And I was like, I couldn't imagine going on the trail and rocking right now with like just at a normal pace and having to be able to like take it as slow as possible. Because, you know, in the army, everything's like, go, 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 go. You got to get there in 30 minutes. You got to get there in 20 minutes. So, I couldn't imagine like just taking my time and walking through the woods,
0: yeah, well, that's what I did. I took my time and I just walked through the woods and like I used opportunities for like lookouts for time to like sit down for fifteen minutes, you know <laughs> <laughs> you know it was, it was perfect, and I was like, all right, um, so to put this into perspective, the fastest guy on the ten miles that we went uh on on the second day, uh and mind you, I was hungover. uh so the, um, and it, it, has been a long time since I drank. And so then I, then I drank on this camping trip. Uh, it, it kept me warm the night before. And, um, <laughs> so we're going this 10 miles and I get to this little Creek. We were supposed to meet up for lunch. And, um, I was like, Oh man, they must've already ate lunch and went on and like, I'll just eat my lunch here. turns out that was just some like little mickey mouse creek and the real one was like another three miles ahead uh so like <laughs> Ooh. I, I was way behind and um they uh the fastest guy finished that day in like three and a half hours and uh it took me eight hours um, yeah
1: so yeah. i was gonna say the incline's pretty pretty what significant over there or
0: yeah. Yeah. There was a, like the first day we went, um, I forget the, like the elevation. Um, but the first day we only went seven miles and that was the toughest day as far as incline. Mm. Uh, that was like pretty much straight up. But, uh, you know what I found out is, uh, that, uh, these hunting boots that I have are not hiking boots. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, mm. I, I weighed them when I got home and they, uh, Together they weighed four point two pounds, and
2: uh, oh, you had ankle weights. All yeah, right. so I had some, <laughs>
0: some ankle weights, uh, and uh, I think that killed me. And so then I went to I went to REI after I got back, and I put on some of those uh, like hiking boots, and I was like, man, I'm not even wearing anything. These things are amazing. <laughs> so that's uh, that's my plan for the next time. And uh, you know, I was talking to somebody else. I was talking to uh, to Donnie, who's on the team. And uh he was like, Yeah man, that's like you know, you get a one pound weight and you start curling it, it's easy. But you start curling it for a couple hours, you can't move your arm anymore, you know. And uh that, that was me. I just had those uh those two pound weights right on my ankles.
1: So how how was the trail? What would you rate it out of the out of a ten, out of the miles that you guys covered, like one out of ten? Um
0: the trail was all right. Uh, Yeah. The, it got a little cold and uh, like the second night it was sleeting and snowing just a little bit. And we slept in a shelter instead of like, they got these just like uh, shelters that they built along the trail. And uh, I think I would have actually preferred to go out in the rain and sleep in the hammock uh, with the rain tarp. But um, yeah, it was fun. It was fun to just kind of like get out there and be alone with your thoughts. The, the trail, there were some cool lookouts and stuff. Um, but uh, I think the, the biggest thing is just being out there and being alone with your thoughts and, you know, kind of getting into that, uh, you know, it's kind of surprising cause it's really easy to get into like, you know, when you get in the zone, when you're training and you're just like, you get done and you almost don't even remember, like it's really easy to get into that zone when you're hiking and there's just no distractions, then it's just, you just kind of out there and you're, um, you don't have your phone on or anything. You're just going, and then you are just kind of present in that moment. And that's kind of cool. That's probably the the most valuable part about it. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Maybe good practice to get into, uh, into no, what do they call it? They call it like, um, what's it called flow state? Yeah, flow state. Yeah, flow state. Yeah, zone is different. You know, I've never yeah. really
1: connected the two, but now that you mention it, like looking back on like the missions and stuff that we do during training and like the long rucks and stuff, I could definitely see that. Or like the long runs. Just like how you're you're so mindful in the moment, like nothing else really matters. Hmm. Yeah, that's pretty crazy. I never put the two together until now.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's, a, that's something that you almost have to like fight for in weightlifting because there's so much – downtime in weightlifting where you're sitting and resting, you know, it's pretty easy to do in competition because, you know, you're literally just thinking about competition. Um, but like in training, it's too easy to, uh, you know, get distracted by a phone or, you know, maybe even a conversation, um, which I'm not saying that you shouldn't have conversations when you're training because, uh, you know, in a little bit of a way, it's got to be sustainable. Um, you got to want to go in there and you know, train with your friends or, you know, talk shit or, you know, something like that. Um, but I think it is also valuable to go in and train and just kind of get into that, uh, into that flow state and just kind of do that whole session. I guess it's a little bit easier to do in like EMOMs and stuff because you really don't have any time to rest. Yeah, that's true because
1: before you know it, you're back under the bar.
0: Yeah, I think I did an EMOM once um, at uh, at Muscle Driver, and you know what's funny is uh, you know those like clocks uh, that CrossFit gyms have, and like we have at the gym. Um, I, I don't remember what they're called, but they're just like the same you know the same clock that's in every CrossFit gym, uh, and Muscle Driver sold those, and uh, we didn't have one at Muscle Driver in the gym. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> you worked so, right uh, there, like they. they, I, they- yeah, no, like they 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 gave us a whole bunch of stuff, and but then some stuff, it was just like, uh, no, nah, we're gonna sell this, you know? I don't, <laughs> I don't know. Um, but uh, I remember thinking that, and so I used to we used to do our EMOMs on our phone, and so I think one time I was making a video time lapse of an EMOM. and uh, I didn't have a clock otherwise, so I put the video up there and I put it on time lapse and I'm doing the imam, and uh, I would do the snatch. And I would count how I I I got a general idea of how long it took me to do the snatch from like grabbing the bar to actually doing it. And I think it was like 15 seconds to the time the bar actually settled. And then I would stand up and then I would count to 45 in my head and then I would do it again. But I just stood there right in front of the bar the whole time and I just counted. And, uh, you know, that was, you know, that was years ago. But I still kind of remember that individual training session because it was pretty easy to you know, just get into that, uh, that flow state. Cause all I was doing is counting and I would just do the snatch, drop it, count to 45, do the snatch. I didn't have a, I didn't have a clock to look at. I didn't have a anything. Um, I don't remember if it was that particularly good day of snatching or not. It was probably light cause I was doing an EMOM, but you know, kind of, kind of interesting, um, interesting way to help you get into that flow state.
1: Yeah, that is a good one. I noticed how to ladders about it too. like
2: that. Yeah, uh, God, what were we gonna say about shoots and ladders? I
1: was gonna say for snatch at least on shoots and ladders. Like if I'm having a really good day on snatch, it's normally almost like an emom effect. Like every ninety seconds or so, I'm like taking another attempt, and it's like found that perfect rhythm, just
2: mm-hmm. because I'm
1: not really talking or like worried about anything else. I'm just like, okay, I need to get back to the bar. I need to get back to the bar. Clean jerk is a little different though, just because you got to take a little bit longer rest. So that's when i start to feel myself drift a little bit. yeah, you get out of that
2: flow state by the feeling of throwing up. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> i'm i'm the opposite on those, george. um shoots and ladders, i am definitely way too amped up with with the emoms i can agree. and i can see it with the emoms, but shoots and ladders i I feel like shoots and ladders for me, shoots and ladders and emoms are two completely different mindsets going into training. cuz the shoots and ladders i Think about going heavy the whole time. And then with the Imams, most of the time, it's it's real chill, calm music, start zoning out and just trying. Yeah, I, I treat those two completely different. And I didn't think about it until you said that. See, it
1: may sound crazy because of like, I have a pretty decent snatch. You know, it's not the greatest, it's not the worst. It's pretty decent. But I would say that I'm still trying to find that rhythm at those heavier loads. So when I'm doing shoots and ladders, it's almost like if I find that rhythm, I'm like guaranteed a PR almost. But if I don't find that rhythm, it's like, okay, today could either be a 99% snatch day, or it could be like a 92% snatch day. But if I find that rhythm, it's like guaranteed kilo almost like almost guaranteed.
0: Yeah. And that's the cool thing about shoots and ladders is it gives you that opportunity to do exactly what you need on that day. Yeah. Yeah. I like, uh, I like shoots and ladders a lot. We've been having that in there and training a lot. Um, recently kind of get on kicks about, uh, with, with, uh, the styles of programming that we kind of include. And, um, the other thing that we've actually been having in the last phase and in this one is, um, you know, like the accommodating resistance stuff, you know, squatting with chains and, um, pulling with bands, uh, and then there was that news just recently that Louis Simmons died, um, which you know pretty much everyone attributes accommodated resistance. Or a band. if you mix a band and a barbell together, you think of Louis Simmons. Uh, I guess there was this guy named Dick Hartzell, who was um, uh, the guy that first started with bands and exercise, and he kind of made it popular. And then he came out and saw Louis Simmons, and Louis Simmons is like, "Oh, I can use this in powerlifting." um but i forget the name of that guy's, the heart Hartles uh program um jump stretch maybe i think that's what it was called and he's been around for a long time uh and he's got some good stuff but it's more it's not like a it's not like a sports performance like weightlifting type thing um i think it's just a general you know exercise type thing but he knew what he was talking about and he kind of brought him to louis simmons and louis simmons kind of introduce them into the world of strength. Um, So that was kind of cool to, uh, you know, start doing some of those bands and stuff uh, because, you know, I think they do have a a lot more uh, value in weightlifting than a lot of uh, us weightlifters kind of give them credit for. Um, You know, for example, like I used to do bands and chains all the time in powerlifting before I started weightlifting. And then I started weightlifting and you kind of really do in a way like you get sucked back into the basics when you go into weightlifting because it's like, it's kind of specific. Um, you know, you get sucked back into the basics of, you know, learning how much you can actually milk from like a three by five, five by five type squat program, um, before you need to add those bands and chains. Um, but, uh, you know, I think it does get to that point too, where, you know, you get so, uh, so specialized in, you know, just the barbell that you can kind of get a, uh, a, a big,
2: a pretty big kick by starting to add in some bands and stuff. I feel like we, I feel like I asked you this a couple of weeks ago, but when you're looking at the bands, when, when do you let somebody do it? Even if so let's say you have somebody and they haven't stalled out yet. Their squad hasn't stalled out yet. Do you let them start using bands or chains Or do you make them wait until their progress slows down? Um, so I think there's a couple factors to go in there.
0: There's, there's probably like an ideal time. Um, like as far as like physiologically, um, I don't, I don't know if anyone's actually studied when that ideal time is. Um, but it it would probably be around, you know, somewhere where things have started to slow down a little bit. Um, but, uh, the other factor that you need to kind of put in there is, um, you know having fun in training, um, especially if you're in like a team thing. Like, I've got a few very beginners in the gym and they did reverse band clean pulls yesterday. Um, it was definitely way too early for them to do it. Um, but as far as like a team building thing, you know, they're not gonna get hurt doing a reverse band deadlift by any means. Um, but what I, I don't know, am I gonna be like, no, you can't do this thing that looks fun. You can only go do the boring things, you know, you know, and we're going to let everyone else, you know, you're, you're just, uh, you're creating a division in the team. If like, if you stick too strictly to that, um, you know, those specific rules. Um, but yeah, I think, you know, generally I would say probably, you know, at the, at the later stages of intermediate it's probably a good time to start adding in bands. When you went
1: over to uh West side, what kind of exercises did you guys do there with bands?
0: Hmm. Everything had bands on it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, every, everything had bands, uh, or chains. So we started out, uh, he started us out with wide stance box squats. Um, and you know, I grew up doing powerlifting uh, and my coach had trained with, Louis Simmons a little bit. Um, and so we did his like style of programming I'm growing up in, you know, adapted for us high school kids. And we did wide stand box squats. And you know, what's interesting is, um, uh, I think Louis Simmons wanted us to go like his squat that he taught us versus what my coach's squat, um, were a little different. You know, there's a lot of similarities, but man, Louis wanted me to go super wide. Um, And, uh, I remember my hips just feeling like stretching out, uh, (laughs) like crazy. And, uh, so we started off with a five by five speed squat and, um, it was me and Travis, uh, doing the, doing all the exercising. And I think we only made it up to like 125 kilos or something for the speed squats. Um, you know, kind of super wide with chains on there, five by five with, you know, maybe 60 seconds of rest, uh. And then we went over and uh, started snatching with bands, and it was power snatch with bands. And then, uh, you know, we kind of worked up, and once uh, once we kind of got to like a like a max where it just like was starting to push us down into the full snatch, and we would just dump it because getting pushed down into a full snatch with bands on was kind of weird. Um, then we uh, we took them off, and then we did a power snatch max with no bands and i think my best power stance at that time was like 137 and um i, I think I hit 135 so it was a, like and we were also using a deadlift bar and metal plates so you know metal plate. <laughs> i didn't think a, about that
1: <laughs> and a five by five on back squat before i mean it's not too bad
0: yeah well you know when you when you get around certain people it's uh there's a uh, there's a level of energy that kind of comes into it. Um, cause that was the first time I'd been to West side and it was just like, all right, this is kind of cool. You know, like this dirty gym with weights everywhere and we're snatching on a rusty <laughs> deadlift <laughs> bar and pound plates and metal pound plates. Even so, it was just like, you know, there's a, there's a certain amount of uh, excitement that comes with training in like, it, like a famous place like that, you know,
2: and talk about it like first. just some motivation. The first couple of times I went to MASH, I I would PR everything. I, I I wouldn't miss a lift. Like the first time I clean and jerked 145, uh Jamie was with me. And he hit it first and he screwed up counting because we still couldn't really count kilos. So we made like a 25 kilo jump because we were mixing colors and didn't know what we were doing. And he cleaned forty and then looked oh, he cleaned and jerked forty, looked at me, he's like, Man. There's no way in hell we're hitting 40 today. And then Jackie looked over and said, what do you think you just hit? He was like, 30? She's like, no, that was 40. And we were like, oh, all right, cool. So then we put 45 on the bar. Damron snatches ja- it first. Uh, J-
0: Jackie Bigger Simone. Is that how you say that? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yep. Yeah. All right. So sorry. Continue. Yeah. Those of you know um, that uh, Jackie.
2: That's the Jackie we're talking about. Yeah, she coached me before James. And while we're there, before we took the clean and jerk at 145, Damron snatches it for a triple. (laughs) And then we're like, all right, let's not let anybody know this is going to be a PR clean and jerk and clean and jerk. Let's just hit it. And we hit it, sat back down. and She's like, yeah, we did it, but didn't say a word. (laughs) (laughs) Didn't say a thing. We're like, this man just snatched it for a triple. We're going to be happy in our little corner. But whenever we would go there, we would we'd PR snatch, PR clean and jerk, PR back squat on accident just because we were there. like Just being somewhere different, especially there where you knew everybody was just better than you, it was great. I went to Muscle Driver once and PR'd my, tied my snatch PR. Didn't know what was on the bar, but it was like, oh, I, I can't miss. Let's, let's just hit it. Yeah. Yeah, man, that's... Uh...
0: That that's fun. I went I went there uh, maybe once or twice to Mashes. Um, It's when they had that. uh, I I don't know what they called it. Maybe they called it the compound. Um, Uh And they were just all packed in there, training hard. Yeah, that was a that was a cool little spot. I liked it. Yeah, Um, they had a good environment. Uh, Yeah, so like you know, taking taking advantage of those environments, I think, is important. But uh, yeah, so now we've been doing some of that uh, accommodating resistance. Uh, just I think it's good to um,
2: you know teach you to accelerate through. Um, I really it, I liked think- it with the pulls. I, I think the bandit clean pulls, not not yesterday's, but the last few weeks, I could feel myself get better at those, and it it, it makes sense why that's going to help. But the like the five by five clean pulls at what was it 90% or was it three by five at 90% after that? Those that's probably my favorite variation that we've done. Yeah. Well, when the bands are pulling you down, it feels like,
0: or what did we say in the gym yesterday? Like the bands, it feels like they're pulling your soul down to hell. Like (laughs) (laughs) they're pulling you down. The reverse bands are like a blessing because it's just like, (laughs) Oh, this is so easy. Um, But man, when the bands are going down, it's just like they're they're pulling you.
2: Um, With those reverse bands, Amanda could have power cleaned 125 yesterday. uh, We had to change the bands that she had because the first the bands that I had, I had a blue and a green. I did the first set with the green that wasn't helping enough. So then put the blue on that seemed about right. And then when she came in, the first set that she did, her bar was floating and I was like, well, let's try it took off the blue band and she still could have, she, she could have power cleaned it. Like she's doing well with those. And I'm nice. shocked. how I, I was really shocked at where her bar moved. Cause it was on the same setup that I had. and Hers was just floating. You should have let her take it. <laughs> I, <told> her, <laughs> I, I literally told her like, you can power clean this right now. She's like, no, I can't. I'm like, I, I just watched it. Yeah. You, you can power clean this.
0: Yeah. It'll be interesting to see kind of how that um, progresses. Um, you know, speaking of, uh, things and how they influence training our last phase, it lasts like three months. We kind of really, um, included, uh, uh, hip thrusts. How do you guys feel about those? Feel like they helped.
1: I think it helped on my squat for sure. Especially because, yeah. um, there for a while, especially when I was attempting like a heavy three red max or a heavy five red max, I never had trouble getting out of the hole or getting past the halfway point. Most of the time it was like right above the halfway point where I would kind of get stuck on that fourth rep or that fifth rep. And ever since then, we've been doing those three by fives with like the bands, no sticking points at all, just move straight through. And then even 205 for that set of five, I honestly felt like I could have probably got like 210 for a set of five.
0: Nice. So that's pretty significant help through that sticking point, especially if you're not feeling it with bands pulling you
2: down too, because that's when it starts getting heavy. Yeah. I felt I I liked the hip thrust, but I think for a a different reason, my lower back, like my, my back's always what fails me in a back squat. My back starts to go first. Um, and as soon as we started doing the hip thrust, never felt my back squatting anymore. So I don't know if it was just from how I was bracing during the hip thrust or I I don't know which part of that it was, but as soon as we started doing that, the first time we back squatted, I went in and hit like a 95% randomly my lifetime best. So it, it worked well and my back never bothered me, never felt weaker, like it was going to break. So hip thrust worked. Mm, nice. Uh, so, you know, what's
0: interesting. We uh, we had somebody in the gym the other day and they were trying to uh, kind of figure out uh, why their front squat was so low. So this was just somebody that's not a, not a weightlifter. lifter. Uh, there was a CrossFitter and they were just trying to identify some issues uh, with things um and one of them was the front squat and she would kind of round her upper back and that's when she would start losing position at that halfway point in the squat and she we were kind of thinking like oh what could this be um and she does a lot of core she's got a strong core um but it feels like her core was giving out and it's interesting because there's this lower crossover um syndrome where you know the, you know, the the core and the glutes are kind of opposite of each other. And actually, if you round your back, it uh, is going to stretch the glutes at the top because the glutes are attached to the fascia going all the way up the back. And so then that's going to kind of help recruit the glutes a little bit more. So if you kind of have weak glutes, that's kind of a trick that your body's going to do to help your glutes activate a little bit more. Now, that's not something that you want to do. But, um, if you um, uh, if your glutes are stronger, it will make it easier for you to keep your back straight and, uh, you know, be just more, um, in position throughout the squat. Uh, this is just kind of what we were theorizing. Um, and I didn't think about it again until you guys just mentioned that, how you feel like your back is stronger. Um, and I think it's probably not your back at all. It's probably you just your glutes you know, allowing you to stay in a better position and then your back doesn't have to round. Um, so yeah, there's some, uh, I think there's some definite, uh, definite use of that hip thrust for weightlifting. I know it doesn't get used a lot. I know we did that, that, uh, that podcast a while back with, um, uh, Brett Contreras, uh, the glute guy, and he has a hard time, you know, convincing weightlifters and track athletes to, uh, to use the glute bridge, but Um, you know, it's only three months, but, uh, I think it deserves some
2: more attention. I think I I feel like people just don't go heavy enough with it. And that was, that was me. I never went heavy with it. I didn't have an idea of, it's not like a squat where you have an idea of like, all right, you get around 500 pounds. Good. There was no gauge of what actually heavy was in that. So I think it was a, I think you gave them to us a year ago or two years ago. And I was doing, I think that was the first time I ever went over 400. Like I, I was doing, I would do these at like 300, 250, 300 and thought that was fine. Um, so then when we started going heavy on them, then I can see how beneficial it was. Cause if we just, we just weren't doing enough weight.
0: Yeah. So we had this same conversation in the gym last night. Um, <clears throat> I put on there, like we had three by 10 on split squats and I wrote on there you know, the expectation is you should be able to work up to 100% of your body weight for a set of 10 on this. So people thought like, oh, this should be pretty easy. So they started throwing (laughs) a decent amount of weight on there. And they were like, what the hell? 100%? What are you like? What are you smoking? Like, that's not real. And I'm like, yeah, most people just come (laughs) in here and grab these five pound dumbbells and start doing split squats and they don't actually work hard. Uh, But yeah, I just had to set that expectation of 100% of your body weight because I got that from that knees over toes guy. To let people know that they can actually get really strong in a split squat. And you know what else always bothered me? And then I changed it in this phase. I'd always put farmer's walk and like sled drags at the end or something. And at uh, last phase, no, the, the farmer's walk did not move because it's on a Tuesday when I'm not there. They didn't move out of the closet. <laughs> <I don't
2: know. laughs> I mean,
0: people were using dumbbells and uh, that's not enough weight. So um, I made Tuesday's workout like, Uh, what is it like press and snatch and then and then like farmer's walk yeah like and then sled drag so it's only three exercises but it's just like go heavy on farmer's walk because that's like a single leg exercise and if you're only carrying you know some light dumbbells you know you're not getting you're not getting much you need to load that thing up so heavy that you can barely deadlift it
2: up and then you walk with yeah. Using the trap bar. And I knew that the, the stuff that we had at the gym wasn't heavy enough. We didn't have farmer's handles. So I grabbed the heaviest kettlebells we had. And when I was doing it, I knew this wasn't heavy enough. And then I looked at the program again. And as I was laying in bed, I was thinking, oh, we have a trap bar in the corner. Let's do that. That That is a big difference. Doing it with what, how many kilos was it before? Doing what? fifty kilo dumbbell forty kilo dumbbells in each hand compare it to a one sixty five kilo kilo—I oh, was more than that it was like a one seventy five kilo farmers carry felt completely different. That felt completely different.
0: Yep. Yeah I think that uh I think that's a valuable thing because that uh you know setting expectations is uh you know that's something I think I could do better on and that's what I'm working on with these types of programs is uh, set the expectations to let people know that you can get really strong and, uh, and it's okay to get really strong. Um, you know, that, uh, that, uh, you know, it makes training fun too. When you're loading up a whole bunch of weight and you're walking around with it, it's kind of empowering. It's, uh, you know, you got, uh, you know, 175, 200 kilos. I think the most I've done is, uh, I, I did, uh, we used to have these farmer's walk handles from elite fitness and they were these giant barrels and they weighed 90 pounds a piece to start with. And, uh, they were these barrels. And so they just rubbed up against your knee when you were holding it to. So like, and it got me right there at that tibio fibular joint right below, like the knee on the outside
2: Mm -hmm.
0: and they, mine used to just be sore, like bruised up and sore after I did them. But, um. I think I went, it wasn't far, it was maybe like 40 feet or something, with um five hundred and sixty-five pounds total.
2: Sheesh.
0: And uh no. and like I got like crazy sore from that. And I was just like, man, that was good training. Cause normally people do farmers walk and you're like, oh, I'm not that sore. But like, you know, if you go all out, you know, you can yeah. you can get sore. There it's it's like a some you know, let's say it's 40 thing. steps. It's like 40, uh, 40 step ups, you know, it's, yeah. it's, uh, you know, that, uh, you, uh, you can be working really hard on some farmer's walk and get some really good training. Just look at the professionals, like strongman, man, world's strongest man. You know, they're not using light dumbbells for their farmer's walk. You know, <laughs> it's a useful exercise for them because they're just like using cars. Dude. Yeah. They're yeah. fucking loaded. Yeah.
1: Yeah, you definitely got me beat. I was going to say, I think the most I've ever farmer carried was 455, but it was on a trap bar and we were mixing it with a yoke because we would just do weird stuff for uh, army training in the mornings. So we'd walk the trap bar down to one end of the turf and then get underneath the yoke and walk the yoke back to the other end. I don't know how much the yoke weighed or because there was like a couple plates on each side of it, but I don't know how much the actual whole, whole yeah. thing weighed.
0: You know, I wouldn't mind getting a yoke. A yoke is pretty cool, too.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. But uh, yeah, maybe maybe one day I'll, I'll buy a yoke. I think there's some other things on my list that I need before I buy a yoke. Yeah, so I did it with 128 kilos in each hand.
2: Um, Jeez. Yeah, no. Yesterday was as heavy as I've gone with, with farmer's walks. I've never – I'm trying to think of a time I've gone heavier than that, but I don't think I've been – near that.
0: All right. So what we're gonna do is we're gonna end this podcast right there. Make sure you guys reach out and let us know how much weight you could farmers walk carry. Um let's see let's see where our expectations, if they're set appropriately or if we're uh if we're too low or, or what. Um but uh any last words guys?
1: Uh nope good to go.
0: Yeah. Nice. Where uh, where can people find you guys? George 81
2: KG on Instagram or at house of weightlifting and Tyree underscore Thor on Instagram and check out the WV weightlifting page on Instagram.
0: All right. And make sure you check out at house of, uh, geez, (laughs) fucking internet, uh, www.houseofweightlifting.com and, uh, at James Tatum USA on uh, Instagram and all that stuff. And, uh, thanks for listening guys.